Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Talk Witchcraft podcast, where I will be talking about how magic and activism overlap. So being a witch is much more than just buying pretty crystals and creating love potions. It is now and has always been about standing up against oppression and marginalization of humans, animals, and the planet. Part of practicing witchcraft is shouting when something is wrong, speaking for those who have no voice, and lifting up the voices of those who have been silenced. Don't believe me? Let's talk about it. You're listening to Talk Witchcraft, the podcast where we talk about witchcraft as a lifestyle and discover how to merge magic into your daily life. Every week, we'll demystify witchy topics like tarot, astrology, crystals, herbs, and more as you develop your personal brand of magic and create the life of your dreams. I'm your host, Maggie Hazeman. So over the course of this year, I have been very observant of the online spiritual community and how it has reacted to the events and circumstances of 2020. As a Facebook group owner, I have needed to moderate many conversations about what's going on in the world and especially in the U.S. where I am located. And I am also a member of many witchcraft and and spirituality groups and communities on the internet. And I have been seeing a lot of conversations about the presence of politics and social issues and where they fit in with spirituality. And I've seen people saying that they don't. I've seen people saying that politics and social issues have no place in spirituality, and I think they are wrong. They say that it causes negative emotions. They say that it causes negativity within a group. It's low vibe. They say that it causes arguments among members. But sticking our heads in the sand won't make these problems in our society go away. We have to talk about them, and we have to, more importantly, take action. We can't pretend that there is a safe space away from the negativity. That is a privilege. The people who are the most marginalized in society don't get a break from thinking about the systemic hardships that they face. It is spiritual bypassing when you ban conversations about human rights and social issues from spiritual spaces. I'd like to do an episode on spiritual bypassing down the line, but for now, just know that spiritual bypassing is a term coined in 1984 by psychologist John Wellwood. According to Wellwood, spiritual bypassing is the use of spiritual practices and beliefs to avoid dealing with our painful feelings, unresolved wounds, and developmental needs. And in addition, when we avoid the negativity that comes from addressing problems in society, that just protects bigots. It allows them to thrive in our space, in our spiritual community, and it's far more powerful to share where you stand on an issue, any issue, because that is how we protect vulnerable people, and especially those who belong to our community. So let's just talk really quickly about the interconnectedness of spirituality and activism. Spirituality is, by definition, the exploration of human experience. Whatever your beliefs, humans experience humanity. 
So I hope this episode speaks to you, whether you follow one of the Abrahamic monotheistic religions, Judaism, Christianity, or Islam, or an Eastern polytheistic or non-theistic tradition or religion such as Hinduism, Buddhism, or Taoism, or an indigenous earth-based tradition, or if you are atheist or agnostic or a secular humanist, because the way that I'm talking about spirituality is just in this definition of being a human. And I will go a little bit beyond that. Spirituality is this exploration of the human experience, and it's also the exploration of whatever connects us to each other and to other living beings. And that is the essence of spirit work. So when one of us is suffering, we feel it because we are connected. And we must do everything that we can to ease the pain and remove the source of that pain. We live in a world where protecting humans, animals, and the planet requires legislation. That's just the world we live in. And therefore, yes, these conversations are political. But if you think about it, everything is political. Politics comes from the Greek word for the affairs of a citizen. And it is the activity of voluntarily joining with others to create, sustain, defend, and renew a community. So whether that's your neighborhood, your city, state or province, the country, or the world, anytime that you join up with others in community, that's politics. So taking care of a community to remove the suffering and to ease the pain we have to take political action. Good politics requires spirituality and fosters connectivity. So exploring the spirit and building community, those ideas are intertwined. And while both of these cultural expressions, the idea of spirituality and the idea of politics, do have elements that separate people, it is essential that we allow them to coexist and to mingle if the ultimate goal that we seek is peace, because peace is achieved through justice. So I wanted to talk about magical activism today because we are now in Libra season, and Libra energy is about justice, and it's about balance and equality. And so in Mumbles Academy, we are going to be focusing on these different types of magical activism during the following 30 days or so. And I wanted to bring this idea to the podcast of magical activism as well because of this Libra energy about justice and balance and equality that's surrounding us. So if you are a member of Mumbles Academy, make sure you go to your Zodiac Guide so that you can learn more about Libra energy. You can download your resources, the crystals and herbs that are associated with Libra that you might want to include in your spells and rituals this season a tarot spread, a tea blend, and all sorts of things, as well as links to your relevant resources like um, the Self-Care for Witches course and the 2020 Libra Season Masterclass will be found here as well. If you're not a member, I would love if you would join us so that you can learn more about these magical activism concepts. Just go to mumblesacademy.com. So I also want to explore the connection between witchcraft and feminism with you. As always, I think it's important to define the words we use because sometimes people use 
the same word to describe completely different things. So let me just start by clarifying what I mean by feminism. Feminism is about embracing the feminine energy that resides in all of us, whether you identify as a woman or not. So let me explain further. In episode three, I shared with you the seven hermetic principles of magic. And one of these is the principle of gender, or what I call the principle of duality. It talks about masculine and feminine energies and how everything expresses properties of both. So I call this principle the principle of duality because I think it's important to update our vocabulary as our understanding of the world we live in changes and the meaning of the words we use shifts to explain that understanding. So in our modern world, we know that gender is a spectrum rather than a binary. As a society, we are evolving away from divining certain traits as masculine of the male and, and certain other traits as feminine of the female. And this evolution aligns with the principle of duality because all people express both, in, both energies regardless of where they fall on this spectrum of gender. However, there are still many who are of the mind that gender means male or female, and I want to be clear about what we're talking about. Therefore, I use the words active or projective when speaking about energies traditionally described as masculine, and passive or receptive when speaking about energies traditionally described as feminine. So again, both of these energies are found within every single thing in the universe, but our world tends to value the active energy over the passive. We live in a patriarchal society where male-identifying individuals are considered the default. Systems are structured in favor of this energy, and so these energies are unbalanced. When we don't have the receptive energy, the active is bound to act without restraint, order, or reason, resulting in chaos. And if we only have the receptive energy, there is this constant reflection and a failure to act, and that results in stagnation. And that's why we need these energies to be in balance, because then we have thoughtful action, and that results in success. So again, I say feminism is about embracing the receptive energy. In doing so, we bring these energies back into balance. And in terms of witchcraft, many witches follow practices involved in bringing these energies into balance. For myself, this comes in the form of honoring two celestial wheels, the solar cycle and the lunar cycle. And this is the structure of Mumbles Academy as well, which I've shared in previous episodes. To me, the moon perfectly represents the divine receptive and the sun perfectly represents the divine projective. These are commonly called the divine feminine and the divine masculine, respectively, and these archetypes are created from the collective unconscious of every single human on the planet, whether cisgender, transgender, or agender. They encompass whoever is drawn to them and not the other way around, so in other words, these divine dual energies are not defined by societal notions of man or woman, but by the people who seek to know them. But again, for centuries, the misuse of projective energy has brutalized and suppressed the receptive, and the practice of witchcraft often rises up out of this suppression. 
In turn, powerful displays of receptive energy result in further attempts to suppress it. So we saw the witch hunts of the Middle Ages, which targeted women and sometimes men who were outside of the cultural and religious norms. There was also a lot of confusion about basic female reproduction and how it all works, so the mysteries of the menstrual cycle, infertility, and sexuality were also a cause for a person to be arrested, tortured, and murdered. But many scholars and authors today believe that this movement was a misogynistic attempt of the church and the state to police female sexuality, women's bodies, and reproductive function. In more recent history, we see radical acts of witchcraft in the name of feminism as well. There was the Women's International Terrorist Conspiracy from Hell, which forms the acronym WITCH, and that was a group that was formed in the 60s with the goal of smashing the patriarchy. They did what they called hexes and zaps in an attempt to become the 60s equivalent of viral sensations. And even today, there is the Me Too movement and other digital movements of this kind, which is working towards bringing attention to widespread misogyny that still plagues our society. So feminism is about returning balance where there has been and still is an imbalance. But wherever and whenever there is oppression of people outside of the societal default, many people turn to witchcraft to help them to claim or reclaim their power. And at the same time, in reaction to these folks seeking to claim their power, further oppression often follows. In fact, most people come to witchcraft in the first place when they feel powerless, that they have no control over how their life is going, and they desperately want to change it. This is a very painful place to be in, and therefore it is very motivating. Because when you feel like there, is, there are no mundane options to solve your problems, you turn to the realm of magic. And history is littered with witches and magicians using magic against the challenges they faced, including kings, slaveholders, invading armies, and the Nazis in World War II. Witches and pagans have long been at the forefront of environmental activism, religious freedom, and feminism. When freedom and liberty are removed or taken away, humans turn to magic time and time again. So I think it's important to know that if you call yourself a witch, you are taking on a legacy of hundreds and thousands of years of oppression and marginalization, which means it is your responsibility to continue to stand beside anyone who is suffering injustice. Spirituality is aesthetic only if it doesn't include activism in some form. So when I started Mumbles Academy, it was to create a place of community, encouragement, and learning for witches. I wanted to foster connections between and among witches as we all grow and learn about spirituality. I believe in creativity and freedom to explore spiritual concepts and ideas in order to make sense of the universe on an individual level. And I believe that when humans have the resources and the knowledge to create the life that they want to live, that they then have more to share with the other people in their community. So I want to help you to discover your purpose and give you the tools for achieving your dreams so that we can make the world a better place. It's one thing to use your magic to help yourself, and it's even more meaningful when you use it to help others. 
Because there are vulnerable people in the world, there are animals and ecosystems in peril, and it can feel really overwhelming. It can be confusing and maddening and depressing and hopeless to look at the challenges and the pain in the world. But remember that ignoring a problem doesn't make it go away. This is spiritual bypassing. So to keep from slipping into a cycle of apathy, I suggest choosing three issues that you care about and directing your magic and your time and your money toward working for those causes. Ideally, choose at least one issue that doesn't affect you personally. So I actually got this idea from Jen Hoffman. In 2016, I subscribed to the Americans of Conscious which is a checklist and a newsletter. I'll share the link to sign up for this newsletter and checklist in the show notes. And I'll also share a worksheet inspired by Jen's action planner as well. So go to mumblesandthings.com slash blog slash 021 to access those resources. I also think it's important to consider why these three issues matter to you more than others. Why did you choose these three causes? What values do you hold that make these three causes more important to you than any other? And after choosing your top three, think about how you will support these issues as well. There are mundane actions you can take, like calling your state representatives and senators or whatever the government, the elected officials in your area are called. By You can write postcards, you can attend protests and events. You can make donations of money and time through volunteering as well. But there are also magical actions. And this isn't practical magic, which has a smaller scope. So things like finding love or attracting money or feeling more confident or grounded or creative or increasing your intuition or all of these different things. Those are practical. But what I'm talking about is service magic. And that is magic that is for the good of all. Now, that's not to diminish the emotional intensity of your everyday issues that arise and require the use of practical magic. It's just to say that the impact of practical magic is smaller. It's limited to you or potentially your family and friends. And the rewards of practical magic are seen very clearly and generally quickly. You attract a life partner, you get a raise, your abusive coworker gets relocated to another department. So those are the results of practical magic that you might cast. But service magic impacts people on a global scale, and the rewards of service magic are not as clear or measurable because the targets are social structures like racism, homophobia, transphobia, misogyny, materialism, militarism, and greed. So when you are doing magic in service to the earth, to the dispossessed, to the sick and the broken, to the downtrodden, the marginalized, and those without voices like animals, trees, ecosystems, soil, rocks, rivers, and oceans. That type of magic, service magic, is about being aligned with the spirits of a place, the ancestors, yours and others, and some sort of higher power, whatever that means to you. So I'm going to share some magical actions that you can take to help you back up the mundane activities that I shared before. And you can find some more information about this inside of Mumbles Academy. 
if you want to go a little bit deeper into the topic. One important magical action to take is to offer healing and protection to the people who are most negatively impacted by the cause you're working for. You can also cast justice spells that are designed to bring about justice more quickly or with a greater impact on those who have been wronged. If your belief system allows for them, hexing and or cursing can be done against the people who are responsible for the harm. And of course, self-care. So whether you are involved involving yourself in your cause magically or mundanely or both, self-care is crucial. Think about it this way. You are a cup. And when you take care of yourself, you are filling yourself up with energy. And then when you are a full cup, you can share that energy with others. You can be overflowing. I see this as the Ace of Cups tarot card, if you're familiar with the tarot. And this cup is overflowing, so that is shared with all these other people. But when you're empty, if, you're, if you haven't taken that time to fill yourself up with energy, you don't have anything to give to others. And I talk more about this in the Self-Care for Witches course in Mumbles Academy. Spells and rituals, tarot spreads, affirmations, all sorts of things surrounded taking care of yourself on a physical and spiritual level. Basically, when you do some good in the world and do something that creates change, you grow your capacity for care as well. Your cup gets bigger and can hold even more every time you share. So through giving your time, your energy, and money to others, you'll feel renewed. You'll become more optimistic. You'll experience a stronger sense of gratitude and transform into a more confident person, a more confident witch. This is the cycle of hope. And there's a diagram on, I mentioned the cycle of apathy before, and this is the cycle of hope. There's some diagrams on what these look like in the show notes, um, but you can find out all of this information. You can read the show notes, see the diagrams, get the resources I mentioned by going to mumblesandthings.com slash blog slash 021. I wanted to pop back in here quickly because I recorded this episode before the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And while I've been thinking about her legacy and offering her blessings and her family blessings, I've been learning more about her. And I found this quote that I want to share with you. Ruth Bader Ginsburg said, Whatever you choose to do, leave tracks. And that means don't do just for yourself, because in the end, it's not going to be fully satisfying. I think you'll want to leave the world a little better for having lived. And there's no satisfaction that a person can gain that's equal to the satisfaction that you get from knowing that you have made another's life, your community, a little better for your effort. I think the timing of this, of recording this episode and the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg is really interesting, especially with the onset of Libra season and Libra being so much about justice and equality and trying to make as many people happy as possible. I know that I live in a world that was better for the life of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And I hope that through continuing to take action for my community, 
I can continue to honor that legacy. And I hope that that is a call to action for you as well. And that's all I have for you this week. In this episode, we discussed the interconnectedness of spirituality and politics. We learned about feminism and witchcraft, and I gave you some practical tips for taking action toward the causes that matter to you in mundane and magical ways. And you can join me next Tuesday. We will be starting a series on using the tarot and learning about what the cards mean. Make sure you subscribe so that you are notified about these episodes. And please leave a five-star review where you're listening to this podcast. It helps witches find this show. And to me, it just feels really nice to see those stars, like getting a gold star on my paper. So you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Mumbles and Things. And join us in the Mumbles and Things Facebook group to chat about this episode with other witchy folks. Go to TalkWitchcraft.com. Wait, don't go yet. Thanks for listening to Talk Witchcraft with me, Maggie. If you've enjoyed this episode, I invite you to check out mumblesacademy.com. Mumbles Academy is the place to be for intuitive souls at any stage of their witch path. Whether you are a wildling at the very beginning of your witchcraft journey and are looking for a safe learning environment, a creator who is committed to your practice and wants to develop your witchcraft skills even more, or a sage who is full of wisdom already and wants to share what you know with others, Mumbles Academy was designed for you. With monthly masterclasses and live Q&As, an extensive archive of courses and trainings, and a supportive community to help you along the way with encouragement and advice. Mumbles Academy is the perfect place for you to be as you continue on your witch path. Feminism. Feminism. Yeah.